0: it was like Petronas, you know Petronas, the Malaysian oil company so I was speaking to somebody there and they were saying you know when times were good it was everybody's getting you know gold-plated Ferraris and then when the oil prices get hit then Petronas needs to go alright now we need to reevaluate that and they actually shifted their, their the mindset of the business to be less around well we are the kings of the area to we are we are the the, the students like we are here to learn from what's going on We need to be more humble. Um, And it was interesting that it was the external situation that shifted the culture internally. So these things do actually, um, they have quite a lot of influence and it can be for the good. Whether it sticks when the times go right back to being amazing again is the big question, right? But if it can, then as a company, you can imagine how much more effective you would be if you maintained that mindset going back into the good times.
1: This is the Angles of Latitude Podcast, session number 172 with entrepreneurial mindset expert Joe Trodden.
2: This
0: is Squadron Leader confirming hostels inbound. Prepare for battle.
1: What you're about to hear is the integration
0: of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last,
1: someday you'll most certainly be right liberty we choose to go to the moon it's happening
0: and all things geek
1: yeah i'm not sure i know how to answer that uh you got a badass over here
0: welcome to the angles of
1: latitude podcast hey guys and gals welcome back to the show this is jc Preston alongside co-host veronica kieran of the disruptive entrepreneurial society thanks for joining us for this particular session and if this is the first time you're listening into the AOL podcast, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So here we are, same stuff, different month with this pandemic. And gotta ask you, how's your quarantine going? You know, are you bored you out of your mind or are you taking advantage of this uh, time to do things that you keep pushing off until one day one day i'll get to fixing that one day i'll get to you know learning how to paint one day i'll get to whatever because really that time is now and i think a lot of people are in the midst of developing new skills or finally launching that side business of theirs which is great to see but what if what if you already have a business and you're having to change some things around a little bit? And what if the way you used to do things simply doesn't apply to the world right now or might not for a long time? What are you going to do? Well, unfortunately, many people fold under under this kind of pressure. And, and in fact, when it comes to endurance sports, you know, my partners and I are thinking that 75% of the market is just going to vanish. And in fact, there's now a coalition headed by companies like Ironman that will help race directors get through these hard times. However, if you can pivot to something else, which is what we're in the process of doing, then you have a much higher chance to succeed. And some would even call this ability a winning mindset. Today's guest, Joe Trodden, is someone who's all too familiar with the entrepreneurial mindset. And in fact, he's been helping experienced entrepreneurs hone their abilities for the good part of a decade. In this conversation with Joe, we'll be learning a few things experienced Entrepreneurs should consider as they continue to grow their business, including mental blocks entrepreneurs tend to have, how they can change the perspective on their business, and is there a process that successful entrepreneurs can utilize to continue to make good decisions? But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys of Optimate.co. And as you're growing your business, you're going to realize that you'll need to bring in help. There's a couple of reasons for that one being you're not perfect at everything, and two, there's probably too much on your plate right now for you to get it all done anyway. If you've been considering getting more help, why not start with a VA as opposed to hiring someone local? As you've probably seen, remote work is in right now. However, paying someone local is going to cost you a heck of a lot more than hiring virtual assistant elsewhere. Also, when it comes to Optimate, not only do they pre-screen their workers to make sure that they're highly qualified and can do the work that you actually need to get done, but they choose people living in areas where extended economic desperation is unfortunately the norm. If it sounds like something you need and a cost that you can support, great. Optimate.co might be just what you're looking for. And since you heard about Optimate on this show, you have the chance to earn an extra week free when hiring a VA. Simply go to Optimate.co slash AOL podcast. Again, that's Optimate.co slash AOL podcast and you'll get a free week when you sign up for any package. I'm sure you and your bank account will be glad that you did all right before we dive into this conversation with Joe remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening in on also leave a review on whatever you're listening in on as well they truly do affect the algorithm of that platform and help other people find the show also if you leave a review on Apple podcasts I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session and again as always email us your questions about scaling your mission-based business at heyguys@newinceptions.com. again that's heyguys at newinceptions.com show notes and show extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 172 and as always i'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston alongside Veronica Kieran. Thank you for joining us in today's conversation. Veronica, how are you doing?
2: What's up JC? What's up everybody? Hello. Happy to be back. Of course, as always, you guys are some of my favorite people. <laughs> Loving it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, lots of new stuff going on in your neck of the woods. I know that you've been doing a little bit of a rebranding of the podcast, also did a... Little bit of a rebranding yeah. of the of the group. You want to tell us about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so little little personal branding experience, realizing that my writing and my entrepreneurial uh attitude is all towards disruption. And so uh, we we switched to being the disruptive entrepreneur group on Facebook in January um, and started rebranding some of the stuff that I do as disruption, which is perfect. Timing right now because we have a major disruption happening as of the recording of this podcast episode with COVID, uh, changing around the way our economy is working, canceling events, uprooting the financial industry. That's a major disruption, which means we get to be disruptive within our businesses in order to innovate, pivot, and serve our clients and customers in new and different ways during this time. So I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, respectfully. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, um, and I, JC, I, as I said to you uh, during the pre-show, um, you know, I live here in Long Beach, and I live on the beach, and I can see the infected cruise ship from my <laughs> condo. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
2: so it's interesting right now. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting time.
1: The visual is that uh, if you guys remember ID Four, when the when the mother ships are coming down. That's kind of what she thinks she's <laughs> seeing outside of her window because the, the, the storm's <laughs> coming in, but it might be the COVID virus. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but anyway, but yeah, no, yeah, you we have
2: to just, good. you just have to laugh. You know, you can't be too, we can't stay in negativity too long. Right,
1: so right. And that's, yes,
2: it's serious, but we got to laugh.
1: Yeah. That's something that we'll probably be getting into in today's chat as well. And, but exactly. yeah, you always, you know, always bring up good points in your group and, and, uh, I think that brand change is definitely going to help people be able to find it a little bit better than the old word. So uh, yeah, uh, speaking of changing a mindset, today's chat is going to be for the already successful entrepreneur who finds themselves stuck in a certain point in their business. And, you know, they have issues getting to the next level and maybe they're running around grinding all the time, but not really getting any Mm. good, uh, satisfiable income from all that grinding, or maybe their income is doing well, but they can't seem to get to that next-digit club, um, you know, they, they, they just have these, these problems of getting to that next level, whatever they are. So today, we're actually speaking with someone who's been helping entrepreneurs and others overcome their mental blocks for 10 years. His name is Joe Trotten, who can be found at MindsetExperts.co.uk. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm great, JC, and hello, Veronica, too. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast.
1: Thanks
2: for being here, Joe. Uh, so I'm going to dive right into your background because we love talking to entrepreneurs on the show and, and digging into what made them basically, you know, we like to, we like to look at the media and see all the unicorns running around and think, Oh my God, like I'm going to be the next Uber, the next Apple and how rare that is. And, and, and the fact that it took probably years or decades for uh, any of these businesses to get to the place that they are. And so I know you're no different. Um, You've been working as an entrepreneur for the better part of a decade um, and have worked with around 300 business owners on their mindset shifts, which is awesome. I can just see like this ripple effect happening worldwide because of the work that you're doing with entrepreneurs. Um, But tell us about your entry into the entrepreneurial space and how you discovered that mindset is mission critical uh, to business success.
0: Well, here's, here's something on the semantics there. I have my own business, um, but I don't actually mm-hmm. consider myself to be an entrepreneur. So for me,
2: oh, interesting.
0: An, an entrepreneur is somebody who is really trying to create the big thing that extends way beyond themselves. So if you are trying to create the Uber or you are trying to create the Amazon, mm-hmm. or I, I am not really trying to do that. Um, what I like doing and what I've learned about myself over time is that I want to double down on my particular area of expertise. So when I help these entrepreneurs, when we look at their mindset, that sort of big visionary, go and take opportunities, deal with the chaos, want to be in that environment, what it is that Mm -hmm. actually blocks them is that they don't think in a really structured way that's required for people to have the clarity. So when they get to that point of trying to go up to the next level, the mindset that got them to where they got to is actually the thing that holds them back from going up to the next level. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that's really interesting. Because, uh, yeah, we start to cling to uh, that initial success uh, and, and think that we just got to replicate that and replicate that and replicate that. But, um, yeah, that's that's interesting when it can actually get into your way. Sure. Uh, how did you how did you realize that you had this knack for working with people on their mindset and even like this realization around um, individuals getting in their own way of growth?
0: So uh, not not to go over the sort of uh, too much of my history, but, you know, there was I did the typical thing in my life of uh, go to university, do law because you're, you are did well at school, you know, get, get a career, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But there was a point where that was clearly not what I wanted to do. And for longer than I it took to do something about it. Do you know, I knew for a while, this isn't my thing. This isn't my thing. Why am I doing this? But it wasn't <laughs> so unbearable that, you know, every day I wanted to get out of it. I remember I had a job in a call centre once. Um, for you know a couple of months and every day driving in was like I need to not be doing this tomorrow you know it was like really (laughs) painful yeah but when when I'd like a comfortable kind of corporate job you know the pain wasn't so great but it just kind of built up to a moment of I need to go and do my own thing so I actually Mm. um, switched I did a a, a psychology degree Um, I set up my own business Uh, which was probably more entrepreneurial. It was helping young people to find employment, but it was also a business as well. It was a a retail business. Um, But from there, I moved into coaching because I've always been really interested in impact. And the thing that makes Mm. impact is business. You know, it isn't Mm. isn't Mm -hmm. government. It's, It's like business. It's the markets that change things because that's what reflects what's really going on in the world, you know? to some right. extent but
2: yeah that, that's yeah. Oh, the yeah. thing that Absolutely. really
0: shapes what's happening so when this opportunity came up I'd been working around mindset and um, obviously being in my own business but an opportunity came up to join a, an unbelievable accelerator that uh, just changed my life but to join them as a coach and it was there that I, I started to hone my craft and work out who I wanted to work with before going on and setting on uh, setting up my own specialism.
2: Perfect. And I love that. And like, just as you're saying, like business affects uh, markets and empowers and also Mm -hmm. shows in real time, like what the people are doing, what they want. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that literally in real time right now where, um, where things are happening in the world and that's directly impacting the financial world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're seeing this beautiful, like um, symbiotic relationship, for better or for worse, between the markets and then reality of what people are experiencing.
0: Sure, sure. And, and look, is, isn't it interesting if you look at the market, the emotionality of it? You know, the fact that yeah. Zoom, um, Zoom prayer share prices will go like through the roof and Booking dot com drops. Like there isn't going to be an <laughs> equilibrium and a recovery around that stuff. Do you know? It's just it's really interesting to me to look at that and see something that's supposed to be. Um, Numbers based and rational, and just how right. irrational it is because there's humans involved, you know.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, like you, Joe, one of the things that I find myself having to help people with as a consultant is getting through mental blocks. And mm. uh, for me, I, I, it starts from the very beginning. You know people have to be untrained to even give themselves a, a fighting chance that to have the freedom to be even become a, an entrepreneur. Just like you were talking about that, you know. Sure. you you kind of felt yourself in, um, what I like to call quiet mediocrity. And likewise, I find that entrepreneurs who do, uh, practically everything by themselves, you know, they find it hard to let go of things that they've done since the inception of their, of their business. Um, one thing I recently heard via, uh, Brendan Burchard's, uh, podcast is that, you know, to, if people are having a, particular mental block of that they need to do everything like I was just talking about, mm. they need to learn how to automate and delegate more, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so if if they find themselves, you know, it's like not getting enough stuff done, then they need to automate and delegate that. Those are the key words. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other common mental blocks that you find yourself helping entrepreneurs with and, and how are some of the ways that you like to, to help them through those issues?
0: So the, the key thing that I've I've learned and it's it's interesting for me about how um, it's evolved over time. To say I don't I don't work with like pure startups at the idea stage. They are spinning around mm-hmm. too much for me. It frustrates me. Um, like I'm not the guy. you know I'm not the guy to help you. That's oh, you know, there's, loads yep. free, there's loads of free free support.
2: It's important to know. Yeah. Um,
0: and equally, where it starts to get to maybe a hundred employees. Um, and it's not as agile and nimble. Again, can I help there? Possibly, probably, but I'm not as excited by that. So it's really understanding my niche. So when mm-hmm. I look at the entrepreneurs that I want to work with, I don't know if you know um, Myers-Briggs personality type, yep. mm-hmm. yep. but there's a, there's a type called ENTP, which are people who are extroverted, big picture thinkers, they are reasonably rational, and they are good in sort of chaos you know they're very adaptive that's what that P it's like literally is.
2: my that's my
1: yeah, sign yeah <laughs> actually <laughs> I, I think i think i bounce between an entj and an entp so yeah right
0: cool nice one well there, there you go it's <laughs> it's actually probably no coincidence that you have set up like a podcast to do this to go and engage people to try and create something bigger right but with mm. with, with those guys um when they're in the entrepreneurial space the, the blocker that they can come up with is that they are not building the right team. So they mm. have got through this chaos and they will plug people in to fill gaps. You know, like, here's a thing that I need done. I'll just need to get this person. And then at some point, uh, when they look back on the team, they've just like Frankensteined it. You know, it's not <laughs> really been with any cohesion. It's just, is this, is this ringing any yeah. bells here or what? Yes. <laughs> so, So, uh. so when, when those guys get to that point, you know, it's, it's about okay, let's put some structure and strategy down in this place um, to sort that out, and one, one other quick point I would make about like the mindset blocker is that that type, and it's a generalization right, but that type are the ones who are the opportunity seekers like they want they see things that are better and there's a bigger picture if they turn that lens back in to a structured organization, they tend to mess it up. So if I go in there, what they they sometimes are doing is they've got their team and they're trying to empower them. But actually, when they turn the lens back in, it's like, you're doing that wrong. There's a better way. There's a better way. There's another way. And then that unsettles the team. So this is another one of those self-awareness pieces with my um, particular type of entrepreneur. That's the thing that gets in the road. And it's my job to keep them looking outward, to sense check stuff, and then basically translate it back into the, you know, this machine that's running behind them
1: right right one one of the (laughs) one of the personality types i think it has the name of a field marshal what what you're talking about is that if if you pair yourself and you have that personality type we were just talking about but if you pair yourself with a field marshal they'll be able to take you as kind of like the the scout the predictor the forecaster Mm -hmm. and then they can be the one you know commanding the army so to speak
0: 100 percent I mean for me it's like the combinations are about mindset as much as skill set so it's Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. just saying I need this you know somebody who has experience of this it's like who thinks in a way that is going to capture my blind spot what does this company actually need you know do we have too many of the same type of thinkers around here Um, because you gravitate to the types that you like so it's, it's really understanding that that's one of the things that stops a lot of great a lot of good ideas becoming amazing ideas or for some smaller businesses from becoming amazing businesses because they get stuck Mm. in that rut and they can't actually see what the problem is because things are still happening you know people still love them the business is kind of working they're very charismatic like they can't actually see what that challenge is sometimes they just know that it's not everything it could be
2: Hmm. oh my god this is so perfect. Um, especially for right now. So, like we're talking about uh challenges within your business or challenges with growth. And then here today, I can't help but talk about what's happening into the in the world with COVID and the markets. These are incredible disruptions that are happening. And um they're, they're, you're describing like one of the two choices that we have as as business leaders is to A, uh, keep looking out just like you're talking about like keep looking out keep seeing the horizon and driving forward into that or um falling back into the fear or getting kind of slogged down into what's happening in the internals of the business uh and then getting in their own way because of it um A lot of times, uh, business owners will look at what they've been doing in the past and compare it to what's happening now, whether or not it's this massive, you know, they just in day to day, right. A market will shift. That just happens. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's conventional business, but so they'll compare what they've been doing in their business and then compare it to the current market and say, those two don't match. And then they get scared Mm -hmm. rather than innovate, pivot and grow, um, So what are the major shifts that you suggest business owners take uh, in order to review their businesses in a new light, Um, whether or not it is uh, this, you know, maybe COVID light, Um, so that instead of panicking, they can leap at a situation as a new opportunity?
0: I think it's people again for me. So I can only really speak intelligently about the particular um, group that I deal with, you know, this particular set Mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs. And just for clarity, yeah. that is guys that are about, you know, around four years in. They've built that first team up. There's sub-20 people in there. They've got something that's working, but their strategy is geared for growth. We're not talking about, the you know, that they've built a team of 15, and in the next five years, it might be 16. You know, we're talking about in the next <laughs> five years, they're looking at that being 100, 200, 500. Um, right. So the, the strategy that they've yeah. already got is always risky at points like this where, you know, some of that uncertainty means that you probably are going to have to do something differently and you might have to make a few really painful decisions. But the, the, the big thing for them is get the right people around you because you don't, you should be looking out the way at how what's the opportunity that, that can be changed here and having those people inside and being able to trust your team internally to come to you and say, you know, this is, this is the problem that I need you to solve rather than looking mm-hmm. in and you finding where the problem is, because the chances are you'll find too many or you'll focus on the wrong one. So if you're that particular mm-hmm. type of entrepreneur, the key thing is to get people around you that you trust. Get somebody who is massively risk averse. You don't have to listen to everything they say, but it'll <laughs> give you a perspective that you literally cannot see. So it's about the people that are around you in these, in these moments. And being able to use that superpower in the right places, you know, to be able to, because you will see a way through, you will see that there's an opportunity there, but it's all to do with where your lens is focused.
2: Uh uh-huh. So really seeing your team or setting up your team as the pillars of strength that, that hold up the business as a whole and then relying on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And being able to empower them. Do you know another, another thing that is challenging around that is that those entrepreneurs can be so charismatic that the power dynamics get really messy, you know, and there are people sometimes, Ooh. especially when they've been um, brought in as, you know, junior as that person's growing. I mean, these guys are building that kind of Frankenstein team. Nobody's bringing in, you know, $150,000 <laughs> higher. You know, people are bringing in, you need to fill this gap. You've got potential. Let's bring you on. So when it comes to something like this, they can have real, if they're not mindful of it, they can have real problems with people voicing concerns and challenging the way that that entrepreneur is operating. Um, I have to say that's quite a bit of the work that I do at times, making sure that team can really challenge. So it's a, it's a big self-awareness piece. It's a, it's a strange one because they feel, you know, they, they will say to them, I want your challenge and I want to be open and I want, but they, they're not mindful enough of the, the power dynamics that are in play. Um, particularly when yeah. there is crisis and people do start to panic um, much more so right. and feel it much more so than those guys do. Right.
2: Right, yeah. And your role as the business leader at that point is to nurture your team and make them feel safe enough to continue to come to you with these ideas 100%. so that you all can weather the
0: storm. 100%. Yeah. Like the here's yeah. going on inside boss, you know, this is the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Here's the impact that it's having. And you know what it would be great if we could do is this. Can you help us with that? rather than, boss, go and just turn your head and tell us all where the problem is. Because <laughs> that's just not a good strategy, you know? No um, way. You want your people to say, here is the, here's the challenge that I want your lens on. And once that's fixed, go and look outside again and see how we can uh, bring an opportunity from what's going on out there.
2: Yeah, love it.
1: One of the guests that I had early on in the show, he's uh, actually a colleague through John Maxwell team and, and someone I would call a mentor. He was actually at my wedding. Um, his name is Frank Forte. Uh, his background is actually being a master chief in the military or Navy. And he, he, it's interesting that what you're talking about, because for him, the way that he helps groups and organizations come together is through applying what them as a team through an agile pro- based project right so he'll he'll use agile to actually hone and sculpt the 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 ability of the team and sounds like in in a way that's kind of what you're doing
0: i think that is is key to sort of set the the ground rules for that type of engagement because it creates a, a circumstance where there there is pressure i mean i don't know does he do that in terms of there is a goal that they work on in an agile way or is he actually just using? It doesn't really matter what the goal is. It's more about the process I'm going to take you through.
1: The more of the the process, I think, if, yeah. if I remember so correctly, it, because he he practices. Um, you know how they have agile software, right? Yep, development same same idea, but mm-hmm. through other projects.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it, it's the what that a process like that does is creates a bit of um, artificial pressure, almost. You know that there's pressure on people to make decisions to get on. To have the right dialogue to be heard. So that's quite an interesting way to see what happens. It's stress testing a team basically um, before mm-hmm. you get into it. Yeah, so you know, it's obviously it's going to be a little bit artificial, but we've done that before as well in workshops and things where if you put the pressure on people, it's actually people can be amazed at what they can do, you know, in, in a time yeah. frame. People think we'll never be able to create something in a you know, half a day or in two hours or something. But actually, when you put that on, it's really cool. And depending on what the trust level is within, well, you you find out very quickly what the trust level is within the team and who feels safe and who steps up to lead and who's overbearing. So those, those scenarios are quite good to stress test your team. COVID is going to, you know, COVID-19 is going to stress test your team as well, but it's, um, you know, yeah. what, it's not the, it wasn't the greatest way to do that. There were other ways we could have done that with a bit less disruption.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. with less, like, personal risk and bodily yeah, harm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah you know. but, but at the same
1: time, I mean, it's unfortunate, but a lot of times it's, it's because of, of the risk and bodily harm that a lot of things get done in the world. I mean, look at how many airplane crashes we had before, you know, safety went beyond. I mean, I don't even know the last time I really even heard of a a a plane crashing in the in the states here. You know, so yeah, uh,
0: no. yeah. I guess
2: the Supermax was outside the country, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, mm. these those pressure things. So I tell you what, what is happening is it is encouraging people to my guys to look at you know what do we do in these situations and actually is is there money going out of this business that shouldn't be going out? And as a sales strategy, right? Um, it was like Petronas, you know, Petronas, the Malaysian oil company. So I was speaking to somebody there and they were saying, you know, when times were good, it was everybody's getting, you know, gold plated Ferraris. Like it, people just didn't care. I don't know if it's just, it just seems to be part of the, the human condition, you know? And certainly when the, the culture of an organization is a bit like that, bit, you know, when times are good, everybody's, you know, outspending the money. And then when mm-hmm. the oil prices get hit, <laughs> then Patronus needs to go, all right, now we need to reevaluate that. And they actually shifted the their, their mindset of the business to be less around, well, we are the kings of the area, to we are, we are the, the, the students. Like, we are here to learn from what's going on. We need to be more humble. Um, and it was mm. interesting that it was the external situation that shifted the culture internally. So these things do actually, um, they have quite a lot of influence and it can be for the good. Whether it sticks when the times go right back to being amazing again is the big question, right? But if it can, then as a company, you can imagine how much more effective you would be if you maintained that mindset going back into the good times.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
1: so let's say that someone has their, for the most part, mindset down. They they understand how to work with their their team and all these different things. A lot of times people tend to get comfortable, right? And that Mm -hmm. comfortableness will make people have dumb decisions in the long run. So, you know, is there a way for someone that has had greatness to continually and positively mitigate future decisions you know kind of like a an operating system if you will
0: depends on the desire i can assure you nobody working with me is comfortable i can can guarantee the feedback form would not have uh, that as one of my top traits still makes me feel comfortable um look it's, it's all to do with their drivers you know what's what what's the context for that one jc
1: well, I'm just like, for example, the reason I bring that up is that we just had a guest um, on the show. His name was Michael Ainsley, right? And he was actually part of the board that decided to, when Lehman Brothers crashed back in 2008, he had to pull the trigger, part of that group mm-hmm. that pulled the trigger to actually go into bankruptcy. And then, right. obviously, that cascaded into everything that we remember 2008. That was like, sure. it was because of him that everything else, like, happened right but he also he also had some other experiences that you know kind of because he made that tough decision he you know they were able to you know uh he he worked as ceo of sotheby's between late 80s and early 90s right and so he he was like we're not gonna sell ivory that's new right sure and you're gonna they're gonna have to have tags to make sure that this is like a 100-year-old ivory. So with those kinds of decisions, how do you, or is there a way for someone to go from kind of going the way of, as long as you don't get caught, we'll go this way, but to someone like Michael, who's, you know, moral and kind of always doing the right thing? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Like man i mean it's uh, I don't know how to answer that other than like the personal choices people make like there is a there is a evidence that people have uh a, a risk gene, so there's a gene that's been identified mm-hmm. that's more prevalent in um like the prison population, for example on the whole, and it's also in entrepreneurs um so you know, there, there there are certain traits that you have, and I believe as well. And I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Jung's archetypes, but they're they're basically it's just almost like imprints that are in people's minds about this is you know your worldview, how you see things, um, and that like that is it's not exactly immutable, but it's definitely a, a preference. You know, everybody has that that profile. So if mm-hmm. you combine things like that about you know risk genes, if you combine archetypal world views. I mean, it, it's just going to depend. The, the people who are taking what some others would say are stupid risks are the ones that are going to do the breakthroughs, right? But the people mm-hmm. who are taking stupid risks are also the ones that destroy everything. So it's just about this sort of balance. For me, it's understanding what are your own thresholds. You know, what are you, when you look, yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror, you have to not be in love, but you have to love the person that is looking back at you or you are not going to do anything mm-hmm. special. So it just depends on what your own um, risk profile is and what what you're prepared to do.
2: Hmm. I love yeah, that. Yeah, love yeah. It. There's an interesting movement. Um, I actually literally read this quote this morning, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was in, I believe, the um, the Dion Raybones um, like market Axios. Look at the market this morning, and he was saying that um, you know a lot of the people who have really entrepreneurial mindsets are people who are in prison, because who has yep. to, who has to develop a business without any uh, expert support? Basically, if you are running drugs or you're uh, managing a gang, you are learning how to manage personnel and manage yep. product. Without the help of an incubator or an accelerator or a mentor, you might have a mentor, but you know, like you don't get the those extra supports. So there's a lot of innovation that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. There's programs developing around like how do we exit people out of prison and it, you leverage that same mindset that they had in order to develop a business. Sure. Um, so it's interesting you're talking about this risk um, gene, which I've also recently just heard about um, and and that it appears in both populations already, and once yeah. again,
1: we, we, we dive down into the Colombian drug cartel. Anyway, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> go, go ahead,
0: Joe. No, I was just going to say, I think it's absolutely true, and it's about the channeling. So, if you have um, the opportunity to channel that into uh, a business, then you know you can be the one that flies. If you are, see, with me, I can't handle the level of uncertainty that's needed to create that big thing. And I don't actually, I am, I would say that I've got like a vision for what, the, you know, for the world and what I would like it to be like, mm-hmm. do you know, I don't have like, if it isn't this, then it's something else and it's something mm-hmm. else. So there is a particular mindset for that. And I think we could do a much better job of going, okay, you've got that type of mindset that can do this. Here's the people that you need around about you, which is, which is pretty much what I do to say, if you are this type, I can help you. If you're not this type, then my mindset won't help you. Hmm. But the, the whole thing, you make a great point around, it is, you know, uh, drug dealers, it is about managing product. And there's some drug dealer who's started doing it themselves. And then they get other people to do certain things. And then they're negotiating deals yeah. on prices and stuff And they're
2: like motivating that. groups of people anybody... in dangerous situations. Yeah, totally. Like these are high risk situations. Team, it's like COVID all the time as far as like that stress level <laughs> and the risk. <laughs>
0: So, so if, if that can be channeled, then yeah. uh, listeners, I'm not suggesting that this is a good entrepreneurial <laughs> option to go to drug dealers. EBay, eBay, eBay. We're <laughs> just talking about like that. <laughs> that no, race. but but yeah. like,
2: yeah, it is a good option to look at a population that has tons of experience and say, how do we how do we create an exit strategy for them uh, as part of reform mm. rather than just say, you've done something bad, so now we're never going to? Like, they have plenty of skills that are incredibly useful. Yeah.
0: Oh. Sure, sure. And this is, this is all about people understanding these the like their archetype, understanding their mindset. Like, how am I actually wired? What are my drivers? What am I here right. to do? What's my sense of purpose? Where do I get my energy from? This is what I mean about the combinations of the teams. And again, if we, you know, circling back on where we started really was around that entrepreneurial leader cannot do it with people that are like them. They can't. They need to have the right blend of people around them. And it's not just the skills, it's the way people think that are around them. That's what makes a, a really successful entrepreneurial I business. I love
2: that. Hmm. Oh, I think we all agree. Exciting times happening mm-hmm. right now. Very mm-hmm. interesting. It's gonna, you know, we're along for the ride, whether we like it or not. Um, Joe, what's you got excited for this upcoming year? And can I mean, are you even looking uh into third and fourth quarter, are you focused right now on what's happening immediately?
0: No, I mean, I'm, for the, the way that my mindset is, um, I like to focus on what I term as a peak point. So sometimes mm-hmm. with visions, there is a vision, you know, a long-term vision, but it's about peak point is the, a point that you can connect with and defend, that you can actually see yourself in and you can draw a strategic line from now to that point. So like when I work Mm -hmm. with entrepreneurs, for example, you know, I've got this travel business that I work with, there is a global potential in that business. But at the moment, we can't say exactly what that looks like, because we don't know what the labor laws are in America, or we don't know what the franchise and opportunity is in France. So it's more about going, okay, we can see what the map is to be in the UK's number one travel industry. and that means everybody who's involved can see the same picture. So always work to these these peak points and then acknowledge there might be something beyond it. At the moment, my peak point is 10 months from now. So I am looking to have a program rolled out in Scotland where I'm from, which is about this specific stage of business. You know, Scotland's an interesting one um, in terms of our culture and our dynamic. We're not the same. We don't have the risk appetite, I don't feel that the mm-hmm. like Americans have, you know, to go and build like that big thing <laughs> and put themselves out there. But that's, that's cool. You know, I think there's a problem that if we look at it across the world, that everybody should be building a unicorn business. And I, I think that's right. crazy, right? Because people- There's no way be, we
2: could all function that totally. way. <laughs> it's, it, it's
0: ridiculous, right? But that's the rhetoric. And often that rhetoric, mm. dare I say, is coming from people who are not entrepreneurs and who don't understand it. But a, a billion pound or billion dollar business sounds like a a cool thing for somebody's GDP metric. But if you think about, like, what actually um, is Scotland as a nation, we do have a lot of great ideas, um, but we get stuck at this inflection point that I'm talking about where I I deal with it. We do have enough risk to get to this first stage, but then I think we have a a real problem with um, being over-humble. You know, there's a bit too much humility in our culture of, like, oh, I'm just... It's only little me. You know, I think we need to do a bit of a shift there. Mm. But for my vision, it's around, you know, we've got this sticking point and I want to create or co-create, be part of creating that program that helps them to shift it. So there's a few partners that I'm I'm working with at the moment. It's really, it's really, really exciting for me because partnerships um, for people that are listening are a great way to do it. I am not a great networker. Because I am a super intense dude, (laughs) you know. So when I don't have the small talk at these networking events, Um, so yeah. But like using these partnerships to actually um, get access to people that I can help—that's made a a massive difference. So that—that's the thing that I'm—I'm so so excited about that. The potential to have an impact at a national level is nothing short of thrilling, to be honest. What about you guys?
2: I love that. I, I just can see your heart swelling. I can hear it through your voice. Like you're like, yes, this is going to be wonderful. Yeah. I want to help my community.
0: Yeah, well, it's Scotland, right? Well, there's
1: well yeah. before we get off of Scotland. Remember, you guys do have uh, rock star North there, who's who created the big yeah.
0: GTA world. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I know we've we've, we've got great people. It's uh, my thing was just around like, not everybody should be trying to do that, and we're not actually culturally mm. set up to do that. Um, we are more multiple ideas, and then sell businesses. You know, there should be more businesses in this country that sell at like 10 million, 15 million. No, it doesn't have to get to 100 million or a billion. Like it doesn't have to do that. You should be getting off and going on to the next the next journey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just some of those principles.: mm-hmm. Yeah, so as we're uh, wrapping
1: things up, we always go into the rapid fire uh, question segment at the end here, and again. These are questions that will hit you with rapidly, but you don't have to give rapid answers. And the first question that I have for you is, if you could add one song, one book, and one film to the national curriculum, whether Scotland or around the world, what would those be?
0: Song would be just something by Ludovico Einaudi. He's an Italian pianist, and he's Just amazing, man. Divinary, maybe, by Mm. uh, Ludovico Ainaudi. Um, A book. God, there's there's so many. I'll just give you a book that's really um, interesting to me at the moment. It's called The Inside Advantage. It was written um, about 2008. But it just talks about about something called the um, uncommon offer, which means that because USP is really wasteful. um, So... Because it, there is no really un, there is there is no unique selling proposition, but if you think about your offer as what's the uncommon offer that you give the thing that's different that's powerful uh, and a film mm. let's just go apocalypse now <laughs> because the the scene <laughs> at the end and the dialogue that those guys have Ugh. blows my mind um in terms of a world view and what like how good and evil actually work, so let's go those mm.
2: that's amazing um. What something, uh, what's something that's going on right now that you think is going to affect entrepreneurship uh, in the future that you're excited
0: about? I just, I just hope we can shift things away. This isn't going to answer the question, but the the, the problem, we've got a problem that entrepreneurship has become more of a hot topic. I mean, it's been that way for a few years Mm -hmm. now. But it's it's almost held up as this panacea of the answer to everything that's going to, you know, the answer to everything. And everyone should be that. And that the highest thing you can be is an entrepreneur. And that's rubbish. Like, they are important to what's going to happen. And they do help to shape the world. But they do not do it in isolation. And I think the strength of that message, if we can amplify that and people can find a place um, in helping ideas come to become amazing things then we can solve a lot of the world's problems around things like climate change food shortages that that would be really exciting i don't think we're there with that message yet but if we can get that out there mm. that's what will make the difference yeah definitely.
1: aside from that message what is a message that's out there that is disservice to, to youth
0: to youth mm-hmm. traditional education is the answer mm. um it is for some people mm-hmm. and it just so so isn't for others and I'm not having a real go at the education system there because they, um, you know, they are, they, they're under-resourced. You know, they're resourced in a way that says you need to hit this number to do that. And when I say education, I mean like that traditional thing. Like the, the principle of go to, the, go to this room, remember this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the person who remembers the most amount of stuff and can regurgitate it in the right way and the person whose parents managed to stay together so they didn't, like, you know, disrupt their childhood and, you know, the, par- <laughs> the, the kid who didn't have to go through any trauma or they didn't have the wrong colour hair or they had, a, you know, something that made them ostracised at school. Like, school does not set <laughs> kids up for success, yeah. man. You know, it just doesn't.
1: So, like, yeah. this
0: is the disservice. The message that needs to go out there is you do have unique gifts and it's not a platitude. You've got unique gifts and here is a way to help you to find them. And then let's develop those because you've got something amazing to offer the world. Mm.
2: Yeah, I agree. This is my favorite question. I ask it almost every single time. Sorry, audience, but I love (laughs) it. Uh, What is one thing that costs under $100 that has changed your life?
0: Um, a, A pair of Sennheiser headphones. Um, I could not believe the sound quality from them. And shout out to Seinheiser. Do I don't know if you've got any sort of sponsorship or whatever going on here, but if somebody could win from this <laughs> shout out, but yeah, they, they just blew my mind. They were um folding headphones for running, um open backed. And they don't even make them anymore. The the um the headphone jack was prone to sort of, you know, um breaking. Uh, be- before the warranty ran out. <laughs> so I don't know how many were returned. But yeah, Sennheiser, your SX100 headphones, the folding numbers that you don't make anymore were amazing. Please start making them again. <laughs>
1: What's the smallest decision you've had that has had the largest impact in your life?
0: Smallest decision? There's a risk here. I'm not going to answer your question, I guess. But like the, the things you think are the biggest decisions don't tend to be as big as, as you think they are, especially if you've got a mindset like me. So if you've got a mindset where you are looking for a right and a wrong um, and you're a bit of a perfectionist, then that is that is a good thing to have in certain situations. But man, it makes you hang on to decisions for too long and makes you worry about whether it was the perfect decision at the end of it. Um, mm. There's there's loads of like little de- like Almost every decision is a little decision. When you think about things in the grand scheme, there's no decision I've ever taken in my life that is preventing me from doing the thing that I want to do now. And I think that um, if a lot of people were to ask themselves that type of question, you know, the things that felt like they were massively important, not all of them, I'm not trying to be um, glib, but you know, there's a lot of decisions people hang on to for too long that really, if you look at the, the, you know, what it prevents you from doing, it's nothing. You can can do whatever you want from here.
1: Mm.
2: What's one thing that you would love to do in your lifetime that no one knows about?
0: Mm. <laughs> I do. I do like so. I've got like this hundred k um, run coming up. You know. Mm. Um, yes. So wow. Sixty-two miles. Wow. Like those those challenges of of testing my mindset. Do you know what I would quite like? Do you know when people do that kind of um, kidnapped by a, a, a special forces thing, yeah. you know, where yeah. that type of thing. I would quite, yeah. I li- quite like to do that. I'm really, I, I would like to do things that see if I where the breaking point is in my mindset and what happens when I get there. Um, I don't do, hmm. don't do enough of those. Like, I don't do them. I don't do the ones that are extreme enough. Um, I, I want to see what happens when it really breaks. Probably quite scary, but I'd still like to see because I think I think it would repair over. I don't know if that sounds really weird, though.
2: <laughs> you learn. No, you definitely learn a lot about yourself. O- over situations. here in the
1: States, we actually have one that I think people who used to be in uh, human trafficking will get people in groups and take them from Mexico over over the line to, to the States. And kind, right. kind of similar to what you're talking about there
0: yeah 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 um yeah like the the test something that is going to just test absolutely change my perception of a situation i've been in a few ultra marathons and it's you know there are moments like that where i'm in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere i can't see anyone and i'm looking for a tiny yellow flag and i've no idea where i am you know those those types mm. of moments can be quite interesting yeah, challenges for for somebody like me but yeah i don't know if it just I'm coming off as a total weirdo there. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I think th- those things are are interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Final yeah. question. What's it mean to live a life of abundance?
0: Um find your purpose. Like you've got it. Uh, every I've never met anybody who doesn't have um a superpower, you know, ability or a range of superpowers. You cannot be anything. You can, not but you don't want to be, right? See, you can't be an amazing piano player if you're 40 and you've never played the piano because you you are not drawn to that. So think about the things that you are drawn towards. Find you have a purpose. You have abilities that you are taking for granted because they come so natural to you. So find out what those things are and how you can channel them. And that's what's going to give life meaning. Hmm.
1: Like that. Yeah. Like that a lot. Well, well Joe, yeah. thanks again for uh, spending some time with us. Again, you can be found at mind set experts.co.uk where can people find you on the socials
0: i only do linkedin so um I, I, i'm quite possibly the only joe trodden on linkedin should be able to find me there i think i've actually got joe trodden um i am nowhere else because the mediums just do not suit me at all They're fine for other people i'm not decrying them but i'm a, I'm a single channel guy pick your channel and do it well so uh yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Bless. Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Thank you
1: much. Thank you. So there you have it, guys. I really like the niche that Joe has found for himself, and I can see why he chose it. You know, while I love engaging with people who are new to the entrepreneur space, it can be pretty difficult to find real predictable income there. If you want to hear more from Joe himself, I have a few videos of him where he's featured and one video he shares why he's a TOPA instructor. And if you're not familiar with the app, so was I when I heard about it. So I'm actually going to have to check it out a little bit more to, to know what it is. And then the next three videos are other interviews you might find interesting. One's with Joshua Smith of the GSD Mode podcast. Uh, then there's one with Denise Walsh. And finally, we wrap up the extras with Joe's interview on the readily random podcast with Larry Roberts. You can check those all out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 172. So that's it for session 172. Remember, if you want to sign up for Optimate Package, do so using our affiliate link, which is Optimate.co slash AOL podcast. Doing so will get you a free week of service from your new B.A., Again, that's Optimate.co slash AOLpodcast. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in, especially during these quarantine days. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.